0: You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hi and welcome to our weekly AIB Market Talk and Brexit update on Tuesday 22nd of October. I'm Seamus Strapp from our Customer Treasury Unit and AIB's Chief Economist Oliver Mangan joins us to discuss Brexit and the upcoming ECB October policy meeting. Ollie, it's been another fascinating week in the Brexit process with the House of Commons sitting on its Saturday for the first time since the Falklands War in 1982. Uh... Prime Minister Boris Johnson is having difficulty having his Brexit treaty ratified, similar to the previous Prime Minister. Where are things at now? That's certainly true. There was
1: an unexpected hiccup on Saturday that forced the Prime Minister to go and seek an uh, an extension to Article 50. So that letter went in on Saturday night. So the EU uh, governments will consider that this week. I think... um, Judging by what the UK government is saying and the political correspondence in the UK, he may well just about have the numbers to eventually get his deal through Parliament. Um, But there's a couple of question marks there. Could there be amendments? There's talk about a possible amendment which would force the UK government when it comes to negotiate the trade deal with the EU that they stay within the customs union. Uh, The government won't want that. And uh, a confirmatory referendum being spoken about as well that the the Brexit deal will go to a referendum with a choice of it or remain and the UK government won't want that either. So it's, um, I think the expectation is that he will get it ratified but there may be amendments attached to it and then the other question is, you know, what happened at the weekend is all the legislation needs to be passed first before the bill is actually put into law Uh, and that can take some time. Now, The UK government seems to have the view that they can get all this legislation done and dusted by the 31st of October. Uh, But there's obviously scope for delays, amendments, uh, secondary legislation is required to be passed. That's a tall order, but it possibly could be done. We could see the UK Parliament sit again next weekend. Uh, But I think, you know, just look at where Sterling has been in recent times. It's rallied quite strongly. So I think what's happened here is the risk of a no-deal hard Brexit has been taken off the table, especially with the, written, the the application for an extension to Article 50, the deal being done, etc., and indications that the government has the numbers eventually, will have the numbers eventually, even without DUP support to get the bill through Parliament. But it might be a longer process than had been anticipated. But I think that's a key thing. Uh, we have a deal. It's likely to be ratified, and then it will be followed by probably a UK election. Um, so this is only the withdrawal agreement. Uh, the key part actually is the um, trade talks which are t- to follow and within the withdrawal agreement there is this transition period which is to last till the end of 2020. Now it can be extended for a year or two but the object will be that the UK and EU next year will negotiate a free trade agreement and that will really uh, determine the shape of Brexit for Ireland uh, and the UK.
0: You mentioned the DUP there earlier, Ollie, um, and, th- and they may have concerns about the perceived weakening of the union. But surely this is a good deal for Northern Ireland.
1: I think the only part of the UK or Ireland that this is a good deal for is actually Northern Ireland because it actually retains access to the single market. Uh, and people may forget, but a number of years ago, uh, the U- Northern Ireland actually adopted a different corporation tax rate. Uh, to the UK. So the divergence of Northern Ireland when it suits so it actually has the same corporation tax rate as as the Republic which is lower than that of the rest of the UK. So Northern Ireland will be in this unique position um, post Brexit where it obviously retains full access to the UK markets but also will retain access to the single market in the EU for goods. So it becomes a much more attractive destination for foreign investment in those sort of circumstances especially with that low corporation tax rate. So, uh, you know, it has been described by the foreign secretary in the UK as a cracking deal for Northern Ireland, raising questions in Scotland and Wales, why can't we have the same? Because uniquely, as I say, Northern Ireland will retain access to the single market for goods uh, within the United Kingdom. So certainly it puts it in an advantageous position. I think uh, for Ireland and the UK, a lot will depend. I think it's important to say that when the UK leaves uh, under this deal, uh, and with that transition period people should understand nothing will actually change uh, during the transition period so trade will continue as normal uh, you won't require customers clearance UK will still have access to the single market even though it'll be outside because it'll be here to be here the rules there'll be no duties but post uh, the transition period when a new trade deal comes into uh, effect that's when we'll see the real effect of Brexit and our concern is that particularly if if it seems likely we have uh, we have a general election and the UK government is the conservative government is reelected they want uh, to take back control Uh, Boris Johnson, in particular, wants control over regulations. They want the ability to do trade deals and set their own customs duties. If that's what transpires, well, then they get a very poor trade deal from the EU. So, what we could see is, uh, you know, we've avoided a hard border, uh, land border between Ireland and the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland, but we certainly could see a hard border down the Irish Sea between the Republic and Great Britain, and indeed between mainland UK. Uh, and the EU across the English Channel because the UK will have a very poor trade deal uh, out of the single market, ses- setting its own customs duties, etc. So that will be very negative for the UK economy. Indeed, it will be very welcome development from the point of view of the Irish economy. So you know, we'll have to wait and see how that trade deal evolves in 12 months' time. Uh, to, to, to some extent, you can say, we won't have real clarity on Brexit until we know what the future trading relationship is which will be guided by that trade deal that's to be negotiated next year
0: and what's your expectation about the timing of an election in the UK we're probably if we can get the legislation to give
1: effect to the uh, Brexit deal through the House by the end of um, October or the first week in November remember in the UK there has to be a five week gap between calling an election and having an election at a minimum so they won't want to run an election right into Christmas week. So if, if the bill gets through by end October, very early November, well, then we're looking at an election in late November or the first 10 days in um, December. If not, then it probably kicks on into um, into January.
0: Okay, Ali. E- turning to the week ahead, we have the ECB policy meeting. Um, there were significant easing measures announced in September. What are your expectations from this week's meeting?
1: Well, I think... Th- The highlight of this week's meeting maybe it'll be the final meeting of Mr Draghi, who'll be stepping down afterwards as president of the uh, ECB. So as you say, a lot of measures were put in place uh, at the last meeting in September. Now, they didn't command unanimous support or anything like it in some cases, such as restarting QE. So I think uh, given a broad range of measures put in place, restarting QE, uh, we had the rate cut, then we had the enhanced liquidity operations, etc. I think the ECB is going to take some time to take stock and uh, have a look at how these measures are impacting activity and inflation within the Eurozone before, and especially with a divided council, before cracking on and doing further easing measures if they're required. So this is very much the ECB having an easing bias, saying we'll do more if required, more easing that is. But at the moment, I think it's very much in a, a wait and hold and observe mode so this will probably be a low key meeting uh, I say dominated by the fact that it's the last meeting uh, that Mr. Draghi will uh, chair and Christian Lagarde takes over uh, at the following meeting so it's not going to have much of an impact on markets um, and I don't see any major movements in exchange rates I'm have you after that. Obviously Brexit and the some progress in the in the US China trade talks have been the principal factors driving the uh, foreign currency markets in the last week.
0: You alluded to some division in the camp there in the ECB, Ali, and uh, with Christine Lagarde coming in as uh, as the president shortly. Do you expect Do you expect a baptism of fire for her?
1: No, I think the, the she, she may put a review mechanism in place in terms of what the long term policy goals are, etc. But she's very much uh, in the same camp as President Draghi. Uh, she was head of the. IMF very much favoured the loosening monetary policy by the ECB, the measures put in place. So I don't think you'll see a, a shift in policy direction, uh, certainly in the air, early stages. As I say, anyway, I think I would be surprised if we see any changes in policy from the ECB uh, until early next year. I think they've just announced some of these measures haven't even taken effect yet in terms of restarting QE. So I think they're going to wait for a period of time before we see. Um, Uh, any changes to ECB policy. In fact, what's happened in the last couple of weeks is that markets have scaled back their expectations in regard to how much easing we'll see, further easing we'll see from the ECB, uh, in regard to policies easing by the um, Bank of England. They're no longer discounting uh, a cut in rates in the UK or fully discounting a 25 basis points rate cut and uh, scaled back somewhat the extent of further rate cuts in the US. So uh, I think policy from the ECB point of view is is on hold over the balance of the year.
0: And final word, the currency markets, Ollie, uh, recent ranges to to um, be maintained in Euro sterling and Euro dollar? Well, no, we've got to recognise,
1: this is, you know, the sterling has been strong. It was down near 120 in August. It's, it's actually hit 120, sorry, it got to 130 yesterday. And uh, mm-hmm. So, sterling has moved a long way as the risk of a no-deal Brexit was being taken off the table and a deal was reached somewhat unexpectedly, uh, a Brexit deal between the EU and the UK. Now, there are difficulties getting that deal ratified, but I think the markets think Boris Johnson will get there. So, we've seen um, the euro against sterling come back down to the 86p level. It was as high as 1991. I think... A lot of good news is priced into starting uh, at the present time. I can't see it making much further ground. So if the deal is ratified and we move towards an election and the like, Tories are expected to win it, you might see starting, you know, the euro fall back towards 84 85p. But when markets think about it, they will say, you know, this, OK, we've had the withdrawal agreement ratified. But the real actions around the future trade deal, and that could hold very negative consequences for the UK economy, which will probably cap the upside for sterling uh, in the medium term until we start to see the shape of that trade deal. So a good run by sterling, maybe a bit more in it, but I can't see it um, you know, moving sharply higher on Brexit developments uh, in the next few weeks.
0: Thank you, Ali, as always, for your insightful commentary. And thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. If you wish to stay up to date on the markets and Brexit, please press the subscribe button to AIB's Market Talk on the podcast apps for iOS or Android. Speak with you soon. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Banks PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.